0: Hello and welcome to episode 144 of Section 138. I'm your host, Mark Colley, as always, joined by my co-host, Bryson and Jacob. How are you guys?
1: I am doing good, Mark. Uh, Good to have all three of us back. Jacob, welcome back. Not the greatest series for the Jays, but also not the worst series. So currently, I guess nothing really changes, but excited for hopefully a Seattle takeover this weekend. We'll see what happens uh, for that. But yeah, good to have uh, everyone back here.
2: Mm -hmm. I mean... Split with the Angels is uh, all right. I mean, I do. I would have preferred a three-one win, but either way, good to be back. West Coast road trips kind of suck. I mean, I've missed the ending of the last couple games, but either way, it's it's still a fun game or still a fun time to be a Blue Jay fan, and I'm happy to be back. They
0: really are the worst. I forgot how much they suck since we haven't played West Coast games since. I mean, we we had a series earlier this year against Oakland, but we haven't really had a, a long series since. 2019. And they suck. (laughs) I hate them. I hate waking up at, you know, 9am after going to bed at 1pm or 1am. I just hate it. I I just wish we could, you know, have games 7 to 10 and I could actually be awake and enjoying the game instead of forcing myself to stay up. Anyways, um, if you can't (laughs) tell, I'm a little bit upset with the series. (laughs) I really wanted the Blue Jays to take three of four, but, you know, we'll take two of two. It's not The ideal situation, but you'll settle with it. And if they can go two and two in this series and then take the series against Seattle, and then, you know, it's very possible that they sweep the two game set in Washington and then they come back to Toronto. Maybe they gain a game on the Yankees over that span. Um, It's not the end of the world, not the greatest situation, but let's start talking about the positive stuff from this series. Um, George Springer keeps raking. Um, we haven't really talked about him too much because I think um, as much as he did struggle in the early seasons, not everyone is surprised with how he's doing. Like, this is why the Blue Jays paid him $150 million. But you look at his numbers over the last seven days, his average isn't totally there. He's batting two thirty three, but he has three home runs over that span. One triple, two doubles, um, four walks, Compared to 9 strikeouts. It's an OPS of 990 over his last 7 days. His 2021 totals are up to a 994 OPS. It ticked above 1 for a period of time. But back down to 994. But just ridiculous numbers from him. And um, this is exactly why you pay him $150 million. This is exactly why the Blue Jays went out. And got him it's for his two home run games like we saw against the angels it's for those big nights that he really puts the blue jays back into it and uh we saw that in this series we've seen it all week all month since really he came back from the injured list um in mid-july so you got to be really happy with what you're seeing from him and um a worthwhile investment from the blue jays for sure
2: 100 and you mentioned how his average has not necessarily been there over the last week Th- that is primarily because of a bit of a down series in seattle and you look at the homestand where he hit over 400 i believe it was and his he had like five home runs and that and that this series has kind of dropped his average but still he's been absolutely fantastic and he's been exactly what the blue jays need him to be I, I personally like had this had he have been on here on the roster since day one i think he would have probably hit second i would have put biggio there but regardless that's not how things played out george springer is their leadoff hitter hit two home runs in the game, or in the third game of the series, he is probably the Blue Jays' best player right now, and unfortunately, there are some guys that continue to slump. George Springer, I'm not really going to call this a slump, I mean, they did face, face Shohei Otani yesterday, and he went over 4 so I kind of understand that, like, he, they're, they're facing an ace, I think is realistic to say, well, an ace slash power hitter, which is still always boggling or mind-boggling to me but Shohei Ohtani let's give him credit he really shut down Blue Jays and they li- he limited them to only four hits yesterday but uh yeah with George Springer he's going to be there every day he's played pretty much every game since he came back he's been DHing but he's also been center fielding or playing in the field but he is what the Blue Jays or he's doing what the Blue Jays paid him to do and I think it started people started to realize that I would say coming into this series after that home run against the Red sox and there are many people on Twitter saying, oh finally the the 150 million is well spent and I mean this this year the the 150 million is not split evenly it's not 25 each year 25 million. It's kind of sp- split a little differently and this season he's making 28 million and I just thought I'd mention that I see a lot of people mentioning his pay and is it worth it? It's absolutely worth it. This guy, he his home run total is almost the same as, as Lourdes Gurriel Jr. now. Both of them are just over 10, around the 15 mark. And Springer's played, I think, the equivalent of a third of a season now. And one thing I want to mention, I'm not sure if I said this going into the homestand or if anyone did, but going into that, I think Springer mentioned to, I believe it was Hazel May, but one of the reporters, that going into that homestand, the at-bats that he had was the equivalent of if he had played a full spring training. He'd played, uh, I think, like 30 games, 40 games, or whatever it was. He, at that point, like, the the beginning of the homestand was almost like his opening day, or the equivalent of the beginning of April or the end of March. And now I think we're seeing why he was sort of struggling because he was out for seven, eight weeks. He's coming back, the 10-game homestand, the whatever the road trip is, 10 games as well or something. But this is... The start of his his season, really, I think, and he's been great. I mean, you look at the homestand, like I mentioned, the 400 average, the the five home runs, the two home runs in Angel Stadium. Also, like he he did have a couple strikeouts in those series or in in the last couple games, but still, he I think is now into his own. And all I can say is, I was watching those games. I love the boos because I just sit there and I say, "Oh, keep booing him because he just hit the ball out the yard and." Well, that, that shut them up pretty quickly, and it's just, it's, I know a lot of people are still not very happy about the 2017 team, I can agree with them, but it's just, it's great to see a member of the Blue Jays, regardless of their past, it's great to see a member of the Blue Jays doing this and putting up these numbers, and it's just, I, I can only imagine what his numbers would be had he played a full season, but if the Blue Jays are going to make a push for the playoffs, now only two games back of the wild card, game george springer is going to be one of the biggest impact players and should they make the playoffs he will be very exciting to see i don't even i I don't want to get too far ahead of myself but it it'll be a very very entertaining game to see with the deep lineup the deep lineup that the blue jays currently have with the addition of now this power hitter slash on base guy slash silver slugger like george springer does everything and it's it's fantastic to see and i'm just i'm very I'm pleased with what I've been seeing, and I don't think a lot of people have been recognizing him, recognizing him uh, as much as they should have.
1: Yeah, um, me and Mark discussed, or sorry, Mark and I discussed the last episode, and we keep saying George Springer continues to make up for lost time, and I think that his numbers over the homestand uh, prove that, and of course, yes, he did have that good game. Uh, it was game three of the series, it was uh, when the Jays won 10-2, to He went two for four, like you guys mentioned, with two home runs. And that was pretty much the only thing he did this series. Um, In one of the doubleheaders, I think he he went one for four, not much. And then, of course, last night against Shohei Ohtani, nothing really happened either in terms of him from the plate. He went 0 for four with two strikeouts. So, you know, it was kind of an up-and-down series for the Jays overall. But you do thank Tim Anderson uh, from Field of Dreams, uh, helping the Jays last night in terms of keeping everything kind of the same. Other than Oakland making up Ground in the Wild card standings, which is why overall I'm not too upset about this series. a little bit of a bummer for sure. But, you know, it could have been a lot worse. And I think the Jays come out of a two out of two, um, in a good in a good spot. But for George Springer, yes, he continues to rake and ever since the all star break, he's pretty much um been lights out i think i believe i saw a stat yesterday where george springer's got 11 home runs since the all-star break it's also it's also the most in the american league and it's behind joey Votto who uh, leads the majors with 14 home runs since the all-star break so in terms of that leading the american league in a home run since the all-star break and of course uh george springer as well has scored 30 runs since the all-star break no one else has more than 24 So you guys can put it into perspective since that All-Star break. Yes, it took him a little bit to get going in the month of July, and I think everyone kind of understood that. But throughout the All-Star break or throughout post-All-Star break, George Springer caught fire, and he has been leading the way for this offense, especially during a time where we've been missing the bat from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. this entire month. Um, he's been struggling, we know that, and George Springer has been stepping up. Even at a, at a time right now, where Bo Bichette, another key part to this lineup, who's been banged up with shin contusions, he's been in and out of the lineup over the past few days. Uh, George Springer has been holding the fort down. He's been a little bit. He's been doing more than that. And of course, you have other people like Teoscar Hernandez and Lourdes Curiel who ha- who had a good series themselves. Um, especially Teoscar Hernandez, who hits that grand slam. Lourdes Curiel Jr., who hits a, uh, more than one home run this series. He hits multiple home runs this series. And that's pretty much, you know, the key pieces to the lineup as we speak. It'd be those two and George Springer, who continues to lead the way for this offense. And of course, Marcus Simeon's hanging around as well. But yeah, you know, uh, for George Springer, you know, you, you don't expect him over the course of the previous homestand where he pretty much um lit up the league in terms of everything over that and probably one of the hottest streaks that he's ever had in terms of his career I'm pretty sure it's got to be up there based on the numbers he put up but you don't expect him to maintain that the entire way and I think we saw that a little bit on the road trip where he kind of looked a little bit more human just like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has this entire month, but George Springer as well continues to hit home runs. And you can't complain about his production. You can't complain too much about the Jays' recent series. There's good parts, there's bad parts. And I think that first game of the doubleheader was where we kind of, you know, I'm a little bit, I guess, disappointed the most. I think Mark and I. Both said three out of four, but the Jays lose the fourth game when Sho- Shohei Otani's pitching, and it turns out they did that. They did just that yesterday, but that game one of the doubleheader was really a bummer. It was a very sloppy game defensively, and I think the Jays missed out on a little bit of an opportunity there. But like I mentioned, the White Sox did the Jays a favor um, last night by walking off the Yankees at Field of Dreams in Iowa, and of course the Red Sox had an up and down series with Tampa, so nothing really changed from that standpoint as, as well. And the only thing, really, again, is that Oakland just made up a couple games. But that second wildcard spot continues to be right in the Blue Jays' sight. And they're only half a game back of the Yankees now. They have an important series with the Mariners coming up this week. And the Mariners aren't out of it just yet. and Which is why you can't let this series slip away. The Mariners are four and a half games back of the second wildcard spot, or... Uh, wild wildcard spot and only two games back of the Blue Jays. So in terms of that it is another important series for the Jays, but you have to feel confident going into this week and you have Robbie Ray pitching tonight. Um sorry, pitching tonight for the Jays in a crucial series and he's been pretty much one of the most consistent starters or he has been this entire year. So you have to feel good about this series coming up and you have to imagine that George Springer is going to continue to hit a uh, ballpark he's familiar with, of course, in his previous stint with the Astros in the AOS, They were there a few times a year. And at this point, you need Vladimir Guerrero Jr. to hopefully start getting going soon. You know, again, his entire month of uh, August, he's been hitting below 100. I think it's been around 195. And it hasn't been the greatest in terms of uh, RBIs and home runs. He seems a little bit fatigued. And you also hope that Bo Bichette can get back in the lineup healthy. And, you know, you win this series against the Mariners coming up.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and on the field of dream dream games, you've got to be super happy with tim anderson and the white Sox for managing to pull out that Comeback and just a wild game and a great game for baseball super cool to watch lots of cool things going on there Um, I think these games against seattle are going to be very important You know as much as we talked about how important that series against boston was this series against seattle can put the blue Jays right back Where they were a week ago two weeks ago if you lose two of three I mean, the Mariners pick up a game. You're only one game ahead of the Mariners. It's pretty rough going if you're the Blue Jays and you lose out in this series to Seattle. But I'm confident they'll win the series. And especially, you know, like you mentioned, Bryson, you do have some people slumping. We're going to talk about Vladdy's slump later on. But you got, you know, George Springer, as good as he has been, not quite as good in this series, still putting up... Good numbers, in my opinion. I'm still happy with his performance. But you got guys like Lourdes Goriel Jr. comes out, hits home runs in back-to-back games. When he didn't even start that second game, that he hit the home run in, hits a grand slam as part of that. You got Teoscar Hernandez recording four straight multi-hit games. Um, there are other parts of this Blue Jay lineup that are warming up, and that's what's so good about this team. The lineup is so deep that even when you have a rough series like this, even when you have a couple games when you only score two to three runs. In each of them, you can still come out and put up 10 runs like they did in one of those without Bobochet, without Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Um, putting up the numbers that we expect of him, without George Springer carrying the lineup at the leadoff spot. You can still have this team go out and be so, so good. So that's one of the joys of watching this team day in and day out. Um, we mentioned Bobochet. Um He hasn't appeared in a couple games now. He played in one of the games of the doubleheader. I believe, but it's been a couple days off for him now. Um, he's still battling left shin contusions. Um, again, like this is just wear and tear on, on the season. I'm not really concerned, as it does extend to more and more games. I'm wondering why the Blue Jays don't just have him take a 10-day IL stint. Like, Even if you expect him not to need that much time, if you want to rest him, want to get him healthy, you might as well take the extra spot on the roster. So I'm a little bit confused why the Blue Jays aren't doing that if he's only played one game since um, last Saturday, I think it is. So uh, I don't know what the Blue Jays are doing there. I think they're optimistic that Bichette will be back soon, and maybe this is outdated as soon as tonight. Maybe he's back in the lineup tonight, but um, you obviously want him back. He's a huge influence on the lineup. His at-bats are so, so good. He takes so many pitches, and uh, it seems like the at-bat doesn't even start until he's at two strikes, and then you can really buckle in and you're in for a good time when – He's out two strikes and battling it off and fouling off pitches everywhere and taking wild cuts. It's so much fun to watch him. and You want him to be back, but uh, I'm a little confused why, if he's only played one game this week, why the Blue Jays didn't just you know bite the bullet, put him on the 10-day IL, and get him a little bit more rest.
2: Well, hopefully, maybe if we were having this conversation a week ago or whenever the... He, he first sat out. Then maybe that if they were planning on put him on put him on the IL, then maybe that's when it would have been. Um, maybe at this point it's it's beyond that. Maybe they're at the point where he he may needs one or two days. Like it, I feel like if he if that's all he is, he needs a couple of days. Then an IL stint wouldn't be worth it. But if he needs, I would say even five days, four or five days, then it's probably worth it. Put him on the IL. I mean, you're missing Kevin Biggio. That that is. A bit of a downside so you're gonna have to call somebody up but I, I think that if they're if he's gonna miss more than two or three games maybe four or five or, or anything more then absolutely give him an IL stint because he's a guy he missed almost half the season last year I think he played or he missed more than half he played only in 29 of the 60 games but he I think he's played every game prior to his him sitting out that first game but he's a guy that he's gonna be in your lineup every day and he's a he's a key contributor you know he's gonna like you said, he's going to take good at-bats. He's going to be at the top of the order, going to foul off a ton of pitches, but he's going to give your, your team a chance to win yeah, a ch- and your guys lower in the order a chance to score the, score some runs and, and more specifically score him uh, from the bases. But if he's un- not in the lineup for longer than that or longer than a couple of days, then I would be a little concerned. However, hopefully all it is is just maybe he sits out tonight in in Seattle Maybe, maybe sits out the second game. I don't know, but if he's gonna sit out more than two, uh, than two of those games, then I'd be concerned. However, if it's just today, then whatever, that's fine. Because if it is only one or two days, then a ten days IL stint, not necessarily worth it. Unless you can make it retroactive to a certain day. I know that happened with Springer. The first time he went on the IL, I think he went on the ten day IL on a Friday, but it was like retroactive to the Tuesday. Of that week so I mean he was out for longer than the 10 days so it didn't really matter anyways but had he have wanted to come earlier he wouldn't have had to wait the full 10 days I think he would only had to wait a week maybe you can do that with Bichette if it's absolutely necessary but I think the the best thing for the Blue Jays is just get this right because Bo Bichette is not a guy that you want to have out of your lineup for an extended period of time because he is one of your everyday players and you got to have him in your lineup if you want to make a playoff push because he is one of your best players. I mean, it's funny we say this because the Blue Jays, you know, without Guerrero doing well, you have Teoscar Hernandez doing well, or without him doing well, you got Gurriel launching a bomb into the outfield. Like they have so many good players, but I'm not. It even though they have guys to make up for potential uh, slumps or guys not playing, I don't want to have to get to that point. You know, Bichette's going to be in the lineup, and he's got to be in the lineup, and I, I think he will hopefully be in it today maybe tomorrow, but all I can say is get things right, and, and don't, what I'm going to say is do not have him DH with the expectation that he will ease back into it, because if he truly does need a day or two off, give it to him, but don't say where he's going to DH this whole series, or, or two of the three games, or one of the three, and then he's still not better, because as we saw last, uh, throughout the last couple months, is that does not go well, Maybe that's just one bad apple, but the last thing you want is a guy that's half ready playing in a DH spot because uh, that can't happen. You got to have Bo Bichette defensively. I mean, his defense is not the greatest, but you need to have him defensively. You need to have him offensively. You need to have him 100%. So just get this right. If he needs a couple days, whatever, but just make sure that down the stretch into September that he is there and he's ready to make a playoff push for this team.
1: It's the wear and tear in a season, and I think we see the same with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in terms of fatigue. But for Bobochet, yeah, you know what? I'm not too concerned or thinking about an IL stint as much as you guys are. I mean, you have Bravik Valero, who's been playing really well, and, you know, it's Kevin Bigio, who's been struggling this year. It'll be interesting to see how they handle that with Valero and Bigio, because Bigio is currently rehabbing. Uh, with AAA Buffalo. So I'm curious to see how that uh, plays out. And, of course, you have Santiago Espinal, who stepped up this year, who's earned himself a spot on this major league roster. So, you know, if those two are going to be playing and holding down the fort for a few days, you know, I don't see the point of an injury list in unless the Jays are lying about Bichette's injury. And, I mean, you can't, you know, rule it out. But if it's a shin, a shin contusion, um, it's just a bruise. And, of course, you know, there's no really state of when a bruise goes away. It just kind of slowly goes away as everyone knows and deals with bruises pretty much all the time. So for Bo you know, I'm not too overly concerned about it. Um, I just think that it's something where and also, I think I mentioned this with Mark a few days ago, um, it's the first time this year where Both Bichette and Guerrero are dealing with a full 162 because, of course, in 2019, they were both called up at different points of the year. Guerrero was called up at the end of April, near the end of April, early May. And, of course, Bichette was called up near kind of middle to the later part of the summer. And then, of course, in 2020, it was just a 60-game sprint. So, this is the first time they're dealing with this, and there's going to be adjustments on the way. And I think that, you know, from hearing Ross Atkins doing interviews a few days ago, he's been asked a lot about this in terms of Guerrero slumping, in terms of Bichette dealing with these problems or these shin issues. Um, And he pretty much said, you know, these are part of the reasons why. We got out and we got veteran bats like George Springer. We got out, you know, veteran pitchers like Robbie Ray. Veteran experience, a little bit of veteran experience. Hyunjin Ryu is another example of people who've dealt with this, who can give advice, who can help the young guys out. Even someone like Teoscar Hernandez, who's been part of a 2019, you know, up and down season. Who you know remember with Teoscar Hernandez, who's had some bad moments as a Jays uh, as a Jay so far. Other than 2020 and 2021, he's had his moments in terms of the outfield. He's slumped at the plate as well. He's been through a a 162 grind. You know, Lourdes Gurriel, who's been up and down before from the minors and the majors, changing positions. These are all guys that have experience with kind of, you know, slumps in terms of downfalls, in terms of cold streaks, in terms of everything you can pretty much imagined so far for these for this young group, and that's why it's important to have these guys around and to help someone like Gro and Bichette. And I think Bichette even, or sorry, Greo even admitted that he has been fatigued, and people have kind of been analyzing his swing, saying, you know, his windup, his buildup before he actually swings has looked slower and it's looked a little bit more sluggish. And you can understand that, and you just hope that you know it's the dog days of summer, yes. Um, we're getting towards the fall. We know that we're getting towards that final month of September when things really get interesting in terms of the pennant race. You hope that this ends soon, and this kind of wraps up, you know, maybe at the end of August at the latest because sooner rather than later when these games get even more important, look at look at the Oakland series. I don't want to look ahead too far, but that first series in September um, is Oakland, and it's that last weekend before pretty much Labor Day before everything in terms of a fall schedule kind of shifts for everyone and it's an important series you have the White Sox especially too, the next home series uh, for the Jays it's part of the next home stand after the Tigers um, next Friday so I don't want to look too far ahead but you have important series is coming up against really good teams uh, in the American League and someone like Oakland who you're currently chasing for that card spot you need this to kind of you know slowly fade away and go back to what we saw at the beginning of the season but for the most part and for the entire month we've had other people stepping up like George Springer and you know you, you've been through some good games you've been through some frustrating games and yesterday was a, a pretty good example of that with Jose Barrios as well who kind of in his first start as a Jay, struggled and he looked lost at the play or lost on the mound and the one thing I'll say is thank God uh, Jose Barrios and the Jays are in the AL East because ap- apparently I didn't even realize this and I'm not sure how many people were really aware of this is that they were mentioning on the broadcast, and I think, um, I'm not sure who mentioned it to me as well, but somebody also mentioned it to me that uh, Jose Barrios has had a pretty much bad career numbers at Angel Stadium. So thank God, I don't know what it is with that, but thank God it's a one-off and you only have to go there once a year. And I also want to say, too, I don't know if you guys realize this as well. I'm sure you did, but the strike zone yesterday was very strange. It was it was really, like, it was wide, it was high, it was low. Like, it just felt like it was very expanded for no reason. There was a couple calls um, where they were questionable. I know there was a call on Springer where he was upset. I know Gritchik had one where he was upset but it kind of throws off everything in terms of the hitters' approach, in terms of how aggressive people are, and I think that led to a lot of strikeouts yesterday. I don't want to get too off topic from Bo Bichette, but I just something I realized yesterday. So for Bichette, you know, I'm not, I don't want to predict if he's going to be back at all this series. I don't want to predict if he's going to DH. I mean, you have to imagine that he is going to be DHing. I don't know one or two of the games if he is back, but again, I don't want to predict it. You just hope he is, he is back soon. But in terms of an injury list in, it's not out of the question for sure. Um, I think you could maybe do a retroactive date, worst-case scenario. But right now, I just don't see a point of it. If you have Valera and Espinal, who have been playing well, who have been rotating around uh, the infield. Marcus Simeon, you know, we all know he's a natural shortstop. He's been filling time in over there as well. So, you know, I'm more concerned about the Jays' you know, getting back on track in terms of making that push, even though they never really fell off the track. And I'm more concerned as well of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. getting back in that groove. And I'm not overly concerned with that. I'm just saying that I put that ahead of someone like Bichette because Bo Bichette knows his body. The Jays know his body. um, The training staff, you know, I'm not too concerned about that. And if he wants out of the lineup... He's going to get out of the lineup. He is communicating with the team. Somebody who likes to play every day—it's—it's it's obviously different, and it's obviously rare to see that he hasn't—he's been out of the lineup for consecutive days. But if that's what it's going to take to, for him to get back on track, then that's what it's going to take. And like I said, before the end of the month, as we wrap up, wrap up the Dog Days of Summer, you hope that all this kind of gets behind us. And for Bichette too, who appeared in one of the games in the double header, he made a really great defensive stop, and you guys probably remember it, have seen it a few times. So. As much as he's been dealing with these injuries, he's still been playing lights out, he's still been playing his heart out, and he's been diving for balls, he's been, you know, sprinting after balls, hitting, running out of the batter's box, so you can't really ask for too much more for someone who's dealing with a lot of bruises and, you know, the wear and tear of a 162.
0: Yeah, I just, if he's not going to be playing anyways, I would rather you use that roster spot for someone who's going to impact the team. Whether it's an extra reliever, whether it's an extra infielder, like, call up Kevin Smith for all, like... Kevin Smith is having a fantastic season in Buffalo. Call him up, get him reps in the majors instead of having Boba just sit on the bench and waste a roster spot. So that's kind of why I want to see him on the aisle. Obviously I don't want to see him on the aisle. I want to see him healthy, but you know, if he's not going to be playing, get that extra roster spot. That's all I'm saying. Um, okay. I think we should probably just talk about Vladdy at this point. Um, I, this is not a conversation any of us want to be having. Um, we obviously want Vladdy to be who he was at the start of the season and through about the halfway point of the season, but he's not. Um, that's just the fact of life. His numbers over his last uh, seven games, last 14 games, last month even have not been what they were to start this season. and um, Everyone knows that. You can see it at the plate. He's frustrated at the plate. He's frustrated in the field. He's made it few defensive miscues through this series against LA. Um You look at the numbers, his last 28 days, he's hitting 242, OBT OBP of 324, OPS of 809, which again, they're good numbers, but compared to his totals for this season, it's a T-OPS plus of 58, which means he's almost 50% worse than he has been for the rest of the season over the last 28 days. You look at his Numbers for the last 14 days, even worse. T.O.P.S. plus of 22. And then the last 7 days, T.O.P.S. plus of 9. So almost 100% worse. 91% worse than his numbers over the full season. So uh, it's really bad for him right now. Like there's no other way to put it. He's really in the depths of a slump. Um, We talked about this last time on the podcast. Uh, What is your level of concern with Vladdy, this is a question everyone's asking it's a question we've asked before um but are you concerned with him like again he still has these numbers that are ridiculous he still leads all of baseball in runs in rbi in on base percentage in ops and ops plus in total bases he leads all baseball uh or the american league in these categories um but at the same time he's not who he normally is so what's your level of concern with him Um, and where do you kind of pin the cause for these struggles because there's a lot of different theories going around right now
2: see it's it's so tough right now I think because we talk about Bichette not playing a full season in his career yet this is his first full season same thing with Guerrero he came up May or April of 2019 2019 was or he played that season and 2020 was not a full year so this is his first full season, I and mean, his first full season where he's playing pretty much every single day, and he had that off day where he was taped into the dugout, but other than that, he's been in the lineup every, literally every single day, and maybe it is fatigue, I mean, that is definitely possible, I, I wouldn't say that it has anything to do with being out of shape, because obviously he came into the season in very good shape, and I wouldn't say that that's a, a contributing factor anymore, but I don't, know what the problem is and I'm not sure if I should be concerned definitely if it continues I think for the next maybe the next series or two or to the end of the road trip and continues into the next homestand then I would 100% start to be concerned because I'd say well what's going on here like how is there such a massive drop off but as of right now I'm sort of hoping that it is just a little bit of fatigue and maybe it is the just the grind of 162 games because he he has played a lot or has played a lot. He's been the he's been the forefront and the carrier of this offense a lot of the times and maybe that is just starting to wear on him and we did see he was moved to the second spot in the lineup, moved back to the third spot to see if that really made an impact but not really much going on in the Angel series for him. I don't know. I'm thinking hopefully it's just fatigue. But, as you mentioned, even with his defense, like, it seems as if everything is kind of slumping right now. There was a couple plays behind first base where Guerrero tried to pull a Willie Mays and and catch it, the ball, with his back to it. He dropped two of them, and one of them I will sort of excuse because the sun was in his eye, but there was another one, I believe it was in the last night game, where it was 7 p.m. in L.A. time, so it happened, like, middle of the game, so sun was setting by that time in L.A., so it wasn't really on the sun. And he wasn't looking at the light either, so it maybe it was just um it was just a miscue, honestly. And but when you have those miscues combined with your offense struggling, and it's just it it is a bit of a, a worrisome for me. Is there something wrong? I mean, I don't even want to dare use the I word. I'm still calling it that. We called it that back in May, praying that it's not that. I don't think it is, and i if it was, I think we'd probably hear about that, unless it was just something nagging like a sore foot or whatever, but hopefully all it is is just a bit of a slump, and I mean, slumps are not good, especially when you're in a pennant race, and even though you do have guys stepping up in the lineup, you need to, like, the reason the, the reason that the Blue Jays are good is because of their lineup, and you need to have, I mean, they're, they're, their other aspects of the team are good, but the... the the, the part of the team that is supposed to carry them is their lineup and you need to have all your your nine guys doing well And Guerrero just he has really not been that guy yet or not that guy right now uh, it's all I can hope is that it's a slump maybe Coming into the homestand that re-energizes him and one thing I wanted to say is I heard a lot of people mention and I think we talk about it <laughs> but <clears throat> Going into the Roger Center home stand. People asked, "Well, is it is it perhaps a bit of going to the Roger Center? Is he not? Is it the fact that he's not playing in a in a Triple A stadium or a home uh, a spring training stadium? Is that what's hurting him?" And I wanted to debunk that because he is going back to when they were playing in Buffalo and in Florida. That was only the home games, and half of the season they were still playing in in actual major league stadiums. So I I don't think that he was struggling. Because it's the Rogers Center and because it's a supposedly a bigger ballpark, I just think he needs a pick me up right now. Maybe he comes back going into the homestand and is reenergized. Maybe it's maybe his teammates can pick him up. I don't even know what the problem is. It I don't think that he's a I don't think that he's necessarily dropping off. Maybe I do think that the numbers going into or the end of July were the true Vladimir Guerrero Jr. numbers hitting in the 330s, the 340s, leading the league in many stats among the league leaders and other stats where he wasn't leading. I do think that's who he is. I'm just a little bit shocked that his average has gone from around 330 to 311. And 311 is still a very good number, but considering that it's dropped that much is definitely a bit of an eye-opener. But all I can say is... For now, I'm not necessarily concerned. I will... In a week, I'll give it a week. If he's still struggling, then I'm going to start to be concerned. And I'm definitely going to pay attention to anything that I can. Like, I'll watch his at-bats in depth. I'll rewatch them. I'll see if I can find anything wrong with his swing. But all I... I'm thinking maybe it's just trying to do too much. And, I mean, there were a couple plays. You, You look in. he's swinging at outside pitches. And he's fouling those off or hitting them to one of the fielders, and he's getting out, but other than that, I really don't know what the cause is, and he lives, he's a hitter, like, he's a power hitter, he's gonna swing at pitches, and he's gonna hit them out the yard, he just hasn't been doing that over the last three, four weeks, let's just hope it's, it's the wear and tear, I mean, even, you know, you look back at the previous era, where you had Edwin Encarnacion, Jose Bautista, even they started to slump towards this time of the year, and they were 10 plus year veterans, so, I don't think it's unrealistic to expect this out of even the younger players who haven't played a full season in their career yet. Let's just, I, I just hope that it doesn't extend for longer than maybe a couple more weeks or not even a couple more weeks, maybe a couple more days to a week because the Blue Jays are going to need this guy. They have him for quite a few more years. He's going to be hopefully the heart and soul of this team and they they definitely need him to turn things around.
1: My level of concern is probably zero uh, still. Um, I, I don't want to repeat everything I said last segment because it pretty much matches um, it matches up with what I said about uh, Bichette. And it also I mentioned Guerrero, the dog days. That's all I'll say about that because I pretty much said the same thing five minutes ago. But we know what Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is a thousand plus OPS still, still hitting well above 300, on-base percentage over 400, slugging percentage at 617, OPS plus at 175. We know Vladimir Guerrero Jr., these numbers are still through the roof regardless of the last month. The only thing that's really affecting him is probably the MVP race, and I think more and more as this month has gone on, Shohei Otani has pretty much continued to run away with the American League MVP, I guess, as the favorite, and I think all signs point to him at barring any last-minute changes that he is going to win it. I think that's really the only thing that's affected Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in terms of that is the MVP race. But I'm not overly concerned uh, for the reasons I said last time. I think he will eventually snap out of it. And, you know, the fact... The only thing I'm kind of relieved of is that it wasn't just like a Roger Center kind of slump. Because this has kind of continued into this road trip as well. So, um clearly it's just something that's been happening all around with his game and I do think it'll eventually end but you know he still has had some good moments in terms of this I think he had a couple hits last night he got a hit off of Otani and of course going back to that Sunday game the last game of the homestand he was one of the people that started the comeback because he did go deep and he did hit a home run that got the Jays back into it in a way and that kind of started the or, or paved the road in terms of everything that happened Uh, For the rest of the way, and then Springer, you know, the go-ahead home run, and so on and so on. So the the level of concern remains zero. I don't want to say too much more about this. I don't want to waste, or I don't, not I'm not going to say waste time, but I don't want to spend so much time talking about him slumping because I know a lot of people agree, and I'm sure there are a lot of people that are also concerned. Maybe you guys are pretty a little bit more concerned with uh, than I am, but for me, uh, the concern remains at zero percent or as of now, or even zero, sorry, on a scale of one to 10, I guess, if you want to call that of a level of concern. Now, if this continues, I may have a different answer, but again, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. I think it's a slump, and I think he's going to get out of it sooner rather than later. I
0: got to admit, I disagree a lot with you there. Um, My level of concern, I would probably put it at a seven right now. Um, See, that's
1: an overreaction.
0: But Look, everyone keeps saying, and, you know, listening to Jay's talk, everyone keeps saying, um, this is just a slump compared to Vladdy's normal numbers. Like, he's just doing bad if you compare it to his insane video game numbers from the first half of the season. And, yeah, that's true. Like, the numbers he's putting up aren't ridiculously horrible. Um, But that's not the problem, I don't think. Like, we're not comparing, like, when we talk about, Shohei Otani going into a slump, we're not saying, well, it's okay because he's hitting like Santiago Espinal right now. Like, that's not how baseball works. You look at these great players like Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, Aaron Judge, all these great players, and it's always compared to their own stats. So when we say, oh, well, Vladdy isn't that bad if you look at the league average, I don't care what the league average is. I care what he was doing earlier in this season and what he's capable of. So, um, I am concerned that, you know, he's not hitting as well as he normally is. And, you know, we look at the excuses for why he might be in a slump. Um, I think the amount of people who thought this problem would be solved by moving him to the three spot, the Blue Jays included apparently because they moved him back to the three spot. I think it's ridiculous to think that all these problems are just going to be um, solved by moving him back to the three spot because if you look at the numbers in the eight games before he was moved to the two spot, he was already slumping. He already had a batting average below 200 before he moved to the two spot. Moving to the two spot just continued the slump. Um, and we've seen now moving back to the three spot, nothing has been solved. He's still slumping just as much as he was before, if not more than he was before. So, yeah, I have real concerns about what's going on. And the fact that, you know, it's been I don't know, a month now that we've seen these numbers out of him and and things have really accelerated in terms of the struggles that we've seen from him. Um it's a serious area of concern to me. Right? On July 7th, he was hitting 341. Um over the next month and a bit, he's now hitting 311. It's decreased a lot over that time. And same with his on-base percentage. You look at the on-base, it went from 4.39 to 4.06. OPS has gone from 1.118 uh, to 1.023. Again, these are good numbers. It's just, you got to look at what it is relative to himself, not relative to the rest of the league. And so that, that's why I disagree with some of these people saying, oh, it's not a big deal. He's still You know, this great guy is going to break out of this soon. Um, Maybe he will, but the numbers that he's putting up, you can't just excuse him. You know, over the last 14 days, batting average of 200. Over the last seven days, batting average of 167. Those are bad numbers no matter how you look at it. So I am concerned. Um, And yes, like, this is a 162-game season. This is the first time these guys have done this. Bo Bouchette, um, you know... Vladdy, uh, Alec Manoa, um, even guys like Kevin Biggio, even though he's not healthy right now, this is the first time they've gone through a 162-game season. There's going to be adjustments. They're going to have areas of time, like we're seeing now, where they struggle, where they put up slump-type numbers, where they haven't totally made the adjustment to what the league is making. They're tired, they're exhausted, they're slumping. There's going to be times like that. And that's okay. But I think we got to acknowledge that, yes, it is a problem. Yes, Vladdy isn't putting up good numbers right now. Um, And that's a little bit concerning. So uh, that's where I'm at with this. Um, I am a bit frustrated with it. Um, And I think it's wearing off on the rest of the team. Like, I think as much as one person on this Blue Jay squad can impact the rest of the team, it's Vladdy. Um, And I think his struggles have worn off on everyone else. I think in this Angel series, we saw the team having a little less fun. In the dugout, a little less fun on the field, a little less happy-go-lucky. We saw it in the game last night. The Blue Jays were considering whether to bring out the home run jacket when they were down. And I feel like a week ago, this team would never have doubted that, even if they're losing 8-2 to like they were, or 7-2 to like they were in the series against Boston. They would have never questioned whether to bring out the home run jacket. So all this to say, I just think we have to pay a little bit more attention to this slump And stop dismissing it as well. Vladdy is so good, so any numbers compared to his normal numbers are going to look bad. Um, No, these are bad numbers no matter who's putting them up. So we got to at least acknowledge that and look at it as a real slump for him and a little bit of very concern. So that's my soapbox for today. I am concerned about him, but um, that's how I feel about his slump lately.
1: Yeah, I just think it's a bit of an overreaction because I just, I know. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying the numbers he's put up are bad because obviously they have been bad. And yes, him at the three spot isn't going to solve all problems. Do I think he's more comfortable at the three spot? Uh, I do think that. I think that it actually works better for the lineup. But yes, that's not going to solve all problems. But just the numbers he's put up, you know, the kind of you know an OPS of a thousand still in the month of August from a Blue Jay. It's just something that you don't you don't have you haven't seen in so long. You know, going back to what we've been talking about since April, we've had. Weekly conversations, not even, I guess, even every series we have had conversations of how he's been, you know, making history in a Blue Jays uniform. And, you know, you know, you know, he has one bad month and we're going to kind of we're not going to write it off, but we're going to. I don't. I just don't think we should be getting overly concerned yet. Um, I think everything can change in a snap of, of a finger in terms of a series and in terms of you know one game. If if he has one good game where he goes four for four, he can be back on the rails just like that. It can be that quick, and I think he's working at it. And um, you know, like I said, we're in August thirteenth. If this thing continues into September, I may kind of join. The movement in terms of people being uh, frustrated, but I just I really do think it's a matter of fatigue and I'm a matter of slump, which is or of a slump, and that's why I don't want to overanalyze it too much. But yes, yeah, so, you know you can't. No one can deny that his numbers have been bad, but there I think there is light at the end of the tunnel for him after what we saw from him from April to July because uh, it's insane. And you know at one point he was I think at you know maybe early on to perhaps even. Leading the A or the MVP race ahead of Otani at one point it may have not been for long and it definitely wasn't and I know that Otani is most likely the front runner as we speak but grayo Jr. you know for the times where George Springer was out for the entire uh, first half almost he was out for so long we know that he was stepping up he was filling in for these shoes and same with Bo Bichette same with other people and I'm I'm not gonna take that away from him yet and I'm not gonna criticize him overly yet I just think. You know, it's a a bit of an overreaction to say it right now. But again, if this continues into September, then I'm probably gonna lean towards your side a bit more. But for now, I'm I'm still not given any reason yet to kind of hit the panic button because of the first half he's put up. These are video game numbers, like you said, and I just think that we can't kind of. I don't think it cancels out just yet.
2: I say we just wait till the end of the road trip because I, I'm a...
1: Not even. I still think you wait till the end of the month.
2: I'm, I'd say I'm a five out of 10 concerned. And by that, I mean, I'm not, I'm not not concerned, but I'm also not, not, not concerned. I don't know if that makes sense, but you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm in the middle. I I would give him a bit more. You have an easier opponent in Seattle, well, not an easier, but a not as difficult opponent as you had in the past in Seattle. I say you give him a chance there, come to the homestand. I think they play the White Sox and a couple AL East opponents. So that should be interesting to see if he's able to rebound and, and do that because he needs to do it for himself, but he also needs to do it for the team. And the one good thing, at least this team is as close as it is because when you know Guerrero struggled last year, he apologized to his teammates. He talked to Bo Bichette, longtime minor league teammate. These guys can all pick each other up. And I think if there's one team that can afford a struggle, maybe is the best way to put it, it's the Blue Jays because they have the guys, I think, to not only on the field pick each other up, but in the clubhouse. They can say, hey, what's going on? You know, this isn't the the guy that I met last year. This is the guy that I've literally seen grow up in the minors. And maybe they can all work together. I know that this is a tight group and they obviously have been through a lot over the last 48 or not 48, uh, 12 months. But let's just hope that's all it is and this is something where they can all rebound together and go on and have a very interesting and hopefully very eventful month of September and maybe month of October. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, you turn around a little bit and this could be a very, very, very different season for a lot of these guys if they're able to to turn things around. Yeah,
0: and I'm not trying to dismiss what Vladi has done the entire season. He's having a ridiculously good season, and there's no denying that. I'm just saying I find it a bit frustrating when people, you know, a lot of people on Twitter, like I mentioned, guys on j Rob Wong, um, Josh Goldberg, are coming out and saying, like, they're not concerned at all. And that, I, I don't know, I think people are trying to dismiss this slump a little bit, and it's a slump. Like, he's slumping. There's no other way around it. He's putting up bad numbers right now. That doesn't mean he's having a bad season. It just means he's in a bad stretch. Um, And a lot of people, um, you know, there was a thread on Twitter going around of videos of all the bad luck Flatty has had over his stretch and balls that have been hit to the warning track or whatever. And to me, that doesn't tell me anything. Like he was hitting balls to the warning track in April, in May, when he was having ridiculous numbers over those months. So to me, it doesn't tell me anything. And that also ignores all the hits that he's had Where it's been blooped into left field like we've seen a few times. He had an infield single in this rough stretch. So to me, I I just want people to acknowledge that he's in a slump. He's having a rough time. Hopefully he can get out of it. Still a ridiculously good season. But he's just in a rough stretch. And his numbers are bad compared to what they normally are. And we should at least acknowledge that. So that's why I'm a little bit frustrated with... uh, some blue jay fans right now and some blue jay analysts and it's not something unique to vladimir Garo jr like showy otani you look at his numbers he's slumped a bit you know he's only hit one home run over the last 14 days he has a batting average of 171 over his last 14 games played like it's not something unique to vladdy this is something we see all across the league with the dog days of summer players get tired players don't know how to handle the adjustments that the league is making to them um I just want us to acknowledge that Vladdy is worse than his normal self. And, um, I think that's my area of frustration with a lot of people in the Blue Jays world right now. Okay. Well, I think that's pretty much everything we have to talk about except for the rotation. We talked about it, I guess two weeks ago now, um, or two episodes ago now that the Blue Jays were obviously in a rough spot deciding between Steven Matz and Ross Stripling, very similar numbers. Um, I think All three of us said our gut was leaning towards Ross Stripling, but it was a very close debate. Um, That debate seems to have been settled now for the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays placing Ross Stripling on the 10-day injured list with an oblique strain, I believe it was. And that's going to take him, obviously, out of the rotation for the first bit of time right now. And then when he comes back, I would anticipate the Blue Jays just moving him directly to the bullpen. I think that's the path of least resistance for the team right now. Um, it was obviously going to be one of these two guys, Mats or Stripling moving to the bullpen and having Stripling now being out for a little bit of time, he's going to have to work it back up to his starters, um, workload. I think it's so much easier to just have them just go directly into the bullpen. I think that's the easiest thing for the Blue Jays to do here. Um, and I think that's what they will do. And it kind of makes a decision for them, which obviously makes their lives easier. Although maybe it's not the perfect decision. Maybe you would have seen, Rather seen Steven Matz move to the bullpen instead of Ross Stripling, but um, at the very least, a decision is made and uh, you hope the best for Ross Stripling's health. But um, at this point, looks like he's going to be moving to the bullpen. Mm-hmm.
2: I don't think that there's really much of a debate there. It's It'll be Ross Stripling in the bullpen. And yeah, I don't want to go on a tangent here because I really, it, it will be Stripling, I think, in the bullpen when he comes back. Steven Matz. You know, you hope he can t- continue to put up g- good-ish numbers, a little bit better than what he's been doing now. But all you can hope for is Stripling's okay, he's healthy, and that he's able to to come back, have a good end of twenty twenty-one, and then it's Blue Jays still have him for next year. So whatever they whatever they're able to do with him this season, they gotta also take into consideration that they have him for another year. So if this is a serious injury don't don't milk it or don't like rush him back because he's he'll be a contributing factor next season so no debate there stripling to the bullpen kind of funny that well not funny but ironic that like right as we discuss this the who's going to go to the bullpen this happens so yeah we'll see how the rotation is able to finish finish out 2021 and hopefully stripling's uh, ready to go when when he's uh, healthy
1: Yeah, it's funny because right after I think we recorded and I I was saying that Matt's was going to be the one going, it's funny because right after that, I actually changed my mind, but we never got to it. And I split it just for a little bit. I did think that it was going to be Matt's now at the end, but the point is... It was going back and forth. It was going to be a tough call regardless. And I don't want to call it a you know a blessing that Stripling got hurt because that's obviously not the case. And he's been a big part to this team in terms of the back end of the rotation this year. It's definitely unfortunate that he's got to go down. But um, I think it does make sense. And I think that we've gotten to a point, even if Steven Match struggles the rest of the way out, I think we've gotten deep enough into the season where once Stripling is healthy... Um, they're just going to leave him in the bullpen. And, you know, I'm just saying we've seen crazy things in terms of a playoff push. The Jays have a few off days in September. I wouldn't even be surprised, you know, maybe they skip mats and they use that off day as an extra off day. They use a four-man. It'll depend on the circumstances. I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but all I'm saying is we've gotten deep enough to the season where I don't think, you know, stripling, it'll be pretty much short on time in terms of him building himself back up. So I think it makes sense. And you hope that Steven Matz kind of fills in, um, you know, some innings here the rest of the way out. And he pitches to, I guess, you know, just mediocre to good at, you know, just mediocre to good. You're not going to expect everything out of him, but you don't want him to get lit up. And um, he can hold the forward as the, f- the five man or the fifth man on the rotation for the rest of the way. And it makes sense in Stripling when he comes back. You know, you have Nate Pearson as well, who's eventually going to be coming to the bullpen. I think that's the target for some point around the end of the month to September. Uh, You could have some pretty good pieces in middle relief here for the Jays um, looking down the stretch. We know that the late inning situation has kind of been solved in terms of a Richard, Simber, Romano, you know, trio in terms of unofficial order because it goes back and forth. But, you know, the middle innings is something that still kind of needs to be addressed. Uh, Addressed, you know, not as much, but as before. But, you know, these are going to be some pretty solid additions to the bullpen if everyone comes back healthy uh, throughout the rest of the way. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But yeah, this pretty much solves the rotation debate or the question of who's going to come out because now the Jays are out of doubleheaders. Barring any other rainouts, there's no other purpose for a six man rotation. This was something that was going to be done pretty much, I guess. Uh, pretty much around now, just because of the doubleheader against the Angels wrapped up. So for the rest of the way out, a five man rotation is what they're going to stick by.
0: Yep. Um. Okay. Anything else? Any final thoughts on this week of Blue Jay baseball?
2: Let's just hope this uh, Seattle crowd is interesting. It's been a while.
0: Yeah. I think like the boos that we saw, I think the LA crowd was most enthusiastic about booing George Springer this season, which honestly, like, I don't blame him. Like I don't, I don't know. I th- <laughs> It's tough. I, I risk being saying something stupid here, but I think he does deserve the boos.
2: If he wasn't a Blue Jay, I think we would have differences, uh, uh, we'd have a different take on this.
0: Yeah. And that's all I'm saying, like we think that other Astros should be booed, like he deserve I'm I'm not mad at these fans for booing him. Like obviously I like him. He's a Blue Jay, but I'm not mad at people for booing him when you know, we know
1: what he was involved with.
2: Just wait till they go to the to Yankee Stadium. That'll be
1: a mess. Well, you know, I just, I think the Jays crowd too, if they take over, if they take over, like we're expecting in Seattle, that might save a few boos, but yeah, like I don't, you know, I, I don't, a lot of people are kind of, I, I see a lot of people debating too, if, if it's time to move on from that. I don't think ever, people ever will, but you know, I go back to what we said in the winter that, we know who the leaders of this campaign were and I guess the other people that weren't leaders of it kept their mouth shut they didn't say anything about it other than um Mike Mike Fires who was the original whistleblower but you know that's in the past and um you know I don't really have much complaining about it either I you know it's happens and you kind of expect it so I think that's why we're all kind of you know blah about it but yeah it's just it is what it is I also don't think it's time to move on gotta be
0: honest I agree with that yeah next season I think next season is the time like we saw in 2020, like we were expecting, everyone knows, like the Astros shame tour. Like everyone was expecting that in 2020. We couldn't have it because we didn't have fans. So 2021 is the time to make up for that. We're still going to new locations. Like this is Springer's first time in LA at Angel Stadium. So I think this season we can enjoy it and or suffer through it, depending how you look at it in the next season. That's when it's time to move on. But anyways, we'll wrap up the podcast there. Thank you to li- for everyone who listened to this episode of section 138 as always you can support our podcast by going to patreon.com slash section 138 pod you can also go ahead and rate and review our podcast on apple podcast it just helps you know spread the word about what we're doing helps new fans find our podcast which is always the goal of what we're doing and uh, you can follow us on instagram and twitter at section 138 pod and then lastly you can watch our episodes on youtube um and if you prefer to consume your blue jay content that way Um, so a little bit of a rough series for the blue jays but coming up in this series in seattle we will hope for a little bit better and we will catch you after this three games